Well, good morning, everyone. Hope you're doing well. I want to thank you guys for being here today. Thank you so much for those of you who are here in the house. Thanks so much for those of you who are joining online. And thanks for, uh, we got, I guess, about a dozen or peop, uh, so people on the backstage patio. Guys, thank you so much for being a part. Actually, why don't we give it up for the people who are joining online in the patio. Thank you, guys. So much for being a part. It is so good to be back together. And what you just saw there is uh, just some clips from previous baptisms. And we have a baptism coming up, uh, coming up uh, here in just a few weeks on April the 25th, on Sunday, April 25th. And here's the really cool thing last week was Easter, and we had 26 people who raised their hand to indicate that they had trusted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. So that is great news. It's why we do what we do as a church, and it is 26 people indicated that they uh, chose to put their faith and their belief in Jesus and move from a place of darkness to light and from hell to heaven and from death to life. And so we're so excited about that. And I want to encourage you, whether you're one of those 26 or whether you made that decision a long time ago, the first step in the life of the believer, the Bible says, is to follow in believer's baptism. That's what we believe. We believe that it is something that should be a choice, not following the crowd, as we talked about in week one of this series, and not something that someone tells you that you have to do or someone imposes upon you, but a choice, a choice to follow Jesus in baptism. And the baptism ceremony, the time where we get together as a church, it's not much of a ceremony, it's more of a party. On, at 4 o'clock uh, there at Caligny Beach uh, on the 25th. Uh, that is a, a, a public proclamation that you are his. And whether it's been a long time, mine was many years, I think about 14 years from the time I came to faith to the time I, I was baptized. Uh, and so I want to encourage you to be a part of it. Today, after this service is over, over in the community center, there's an orientation that you can go to. Uh, you can just show up for, or what would even be better is if you register for it online. You can go to hiltonheadislandcc.org, and uh, you can find a slash baptism there. And I want to encourage you to be a part. Coming up um, on Thursday the 22nd, so be a part of one of those orientations. It's not necessary to follow in believer's baptism, but we sure would love for you to be there and be with us. Today, uh, if you have your Bibles, you can turn, we're going to be in Romans, but we're really going to be in Colossians chapter 2. You can turn to Colossians chapter 2. We're in this series called Raised to Life, and we began before Easter. Now we're continuing through Easter, and we're continuing this a few more weeks, talking about the fact that Jesus defeated death, just like we sang about. He defeated death. He rose again from the dead, and he gave us the power to be able to do the same thing if we put our belief and our trust in him. But so often in this life, we as Christ followers over time may forget about the power that we have in Christ to live this life. Years ago, I, I convinced uh, Cynthia that I needed a, a new tool uh, in the garage, a Dremel. You guys know what a Dremel is? Some of you know what a Dremel is, right? I, I don't do any woodworking, but I just thought it was necessary. All right, to have something like that. And so it's a power tool, and it's got a cord on the end of it. And so I remember getting it, and I, I think I got it. I think I got like a gift card or something for my birthday. I went and got it. And uh, it's great to, you know, you can get, do a lot of different things with it. And so it's not just for people who do woodworking. But I got it. I was so excited. You know, put it together, got the instructions out. Um, didn't read the manual, threw it away. Um, and so just kind of moved on with life. And uh, there's about a 1,000 different attachments. 
attachments and I'm looking at all this stuff. And so uh, I get it all ready to go and I, I begin to use it. And there's really not much to it. But, but I remember uh, that, uh, you know, I was like just trying it on things, right? And so I remember, you know, turning it on and nothing happened. And, and, and the first thing I thought was, is I bought a defective one. Have you ever bought anything that was defective? And so, so much fun. Uh, and I thought, well, it's defective. Something's wrong with it. And, and so I remember, you know, kind of you know, pulling the little manual out. It's about that big out of the garbage can and going, maybe I missed something here. Maybe there's like a second on button. I don't know. So, you know, maybe I've got the wrong attachment. Maybe the thing's stuck. And so I was working on it a little bit and, uh, to no avail. And, and then I thought, well, well maybe, you know, maybe it, it's, it's, you know, the, the, like I need to go check the breakers. Maybe the circuit breaker's bad. The light's on here, but let me just go check the circuit breaker. And so I, 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 over the course of the next few minutes, about 10 minutes, I was trying to eliminate the possibilities. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, well, I'm going back to Lowe's today. You know, I'm going to be returning this thing or I'm going to be calling the Dremel people and came to find out I had forgotten one very important thing. I'd forgotten to plug it in. <laughs> Have you been there? Am I the only one that's been there before on something like that? So glad I didn't make that phone call. So glad I didn't go that, make that trip back to Lowe's. All I needed to do was to plug into the source of power. I missed the most simple thing. And i got to be honest with you, Christ followers, we do this all the time in our Christian lives. We do this so often in our lives with Christ, we miss the most important, the simplest thing, the thing that's right there for our taking. We miss plugging into the source of power because the one who raised himself from the dead, the one who had the power over death and the power to forgive us of our sins is also the one that can give us power for living. But most Christians just live in existence spiritually, meandering through life, satisfied with the status quo. And the truth is, is that if you find yourself today as a Christ follower, just kind of existing and not really living, I want you to know that you're not alone. There are many people who find themselves in that place in their lives. Man, here's how it goes. You become a Christ follower, and you're so excited about this new life in Christ. Maybe it's happened over a long period of time. Maybe it's happened dramatically in a moment. Maybe your testimony is going from someone who was completely the opposite of a Christian to someone who is seriously a zealot and excited about Christ. Or maybe your testimony is you know, not quite so exciting, but nonetheless you're excited about your new life in Christ. And then you go to work the next day, or you show up at school the next day, and real life kind of sets in, and all of a sudden we get lulled into the problems and the situation, situations and the messiness of life. And the next thing you know, the thing that we were so excited about, our new life in Christ, all of a sudden it has become something that is mundane. And we find ourselves in a place of spiritual stagnation, or maybe we are spiritually stale, or maybe we are simply spiritually surviving. I'm honest with you. There have been a few moments over the last year that I found myself spiritually surviving. Just hanging on for dear life because of all the things that we've seen around us, all the things that we've experienced. There's so many there's survey after survey after survey that demonstrates the fact that most Christians are not plugged into the power source. We're not plugged into the one who can give us power. 
survey after survey after survey. And many decades ago, George Gallup, who does a lot of these polls and surveys among Christians and non-Christians alike, just the world in general, but he does them specifically sometimes for Christians, did a survey, and he found out that the gospel message was getting into the world. It was being spread throughout the world. It was infiltrating society. But he found out that most Christians weren't living in the power, and he said this, George Gallup did, in kind of in summary, summary to this poll that he, he and his company had done. He said, never before in the history of the United States has the gospel made such inroads, while at the same time made such little difference as how people live. And that was decades ago. My guess is, is that we're even further down the road in terms of the ability to get the gospel message out. But so many of us, and I'm saying us because there are times I fall into this category too. We're living lives where we're spiritually just existing. We're satisfied with the status quo. The Apostle Paul rejects how we can allow our spiritual lives to be relegated to this, this kind of mediocrity. And he says this in Romans 6, chapter, uh, Romans chapter 6, verses 4 through 6. This is kind of our, our, our springboard passage. And he says, we were buried, therefore, with him, with Jesus, by baptism, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead... By the glory of the Father, we too might walk in, what's that next word? Newness of life. For if we have been united with him in death like this, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like this. We know, he says, that our old self was crucified with him, in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. So the Apostle Paul essentially tells us here in this main passage for this series called Raised to Life that, that there's more to this life than just existing spiritually. That the power that God had to... To raise Jesus from the dead is the same power that you and I can tap into to live our lives. I think it's interesting in this passage, in, you know, to kind of summarize just these three verses. He talks about being dead in sin, but being alive to Christ. He talks about being slaves to sin as opposed to being free in Christ. He talks about the old life versus the new life. And I want you for a moment today, just to get really honest, on the heels of, of Easter 2021, where we kind of returned to life, don't you feel that way a little bit right now? That we're returning to life a little bit more out of the last year of death and darkness? We're returning to life, and we were so excited, and uh, we had, you know, hundreds of people here, very COVID safe, by the way, promise, very COVID safe. In most cases, we were very COVID safe. So anyway, we, you know, we, we, we as people have, have come out of this very dark time. And I think that sometimes we're, we allow our spiritual lives to be affected by what has gone on rather than us be affecting what happens in the world. 
And Paul encourages us to not be satisfied with mere spiritual existence. But to grow and to walk in newness of life. Last week what we did was we celebrated Jesus' power over death. Don't miss that in Easter. Don't miss the fact that Jesus was dead and he now is alive. Today he is alive. God defeated death. He defeated death. And Jesus' death on the cross forgives us of our sins. His resurrection from the dead gives us the ability to have eternal life if we put our faith and our trust in him. Jesus provided all that is necessary for eternal life in heaven. That's what he did for you and for me. He provided all that was necessary for eternal life in heaven. And we choose to accept that gift when we choose to believe. We decide to believe and, and, and we continue, uh, when we decide to believe and continue in our old way, we are not really living the Christian life. We're just existing. But there was so much more that was meant for you and for me in this life. That's part of the reason that Jesus died. He didn't just die for your eternity. He died for you now. He rose again from the dead for your eternity as well as your now. See, we're not here to live on crumbs. We don't have to do that. We don't have to have this mindset of spiritual scarcity. In fact, He doesn't want us to have a mindset of spiritual scarcity. God wants you and me to have a mindset of spiritual abundance, that we would live in abundance with him. Because Jesus not only provided all that was necessary for our eternal life in heaven, but Jesus provided all that is necessary for abundant life here on earth now, today, until we get there. How do we do that? How do we do that? How do we plug in to the power source or how do we get back to him? And so today I want to share with you from Paul's message to the church in in, um, Colossae uh, in Colossians chapter 2. This is his letter that he wrote to a group of Christians, to a group of people who had lived a different way before, who had lived according to certain laws and a certain code, and they were struggling to understand this new life in Christ. Are you there too? Are you struggling to understand that? I've been there too. I've been there too. And so let's figure out, and I want to point out and kind of highlight, I think, three ways from this uh, this chapter in Colossians chapter 2 that we can live in abundance. Three ways that you and I can, can have that walk. By the way, if you've ever heard someone talk about your walk with Jesus or your walk with the Lord, this is where it comes from. Because he says walking in newness of life. And Colossians, that's from Romans chapter 6. Colossians gives us, I think, three ways in which we can walk in newness of life. In which we can walk in abundance. And so there's three words that I want you to remember today. And the first one is nurture. You and I, if we are going to walk in abundance, if we are going to have a life and not just exist, we have got to be committed to nurturing our own spiritual growth. That's the first point today. Nurture your own spiritual growth. This is something that no one else can do for you, myself included. 
If you're looking for your spiritual life to be nurtured by just coming on Sunday morning or by just watching, you know, listening to the podcast, I almost said watching the podcast, listening to the podcast or watching later on, on, you know, on YouTube or, or on the website or Facebook. If you are relying on this to nurture yourself spiritually, you are going to end up atrophied in your spiritual life. It, listen, church, listen to this. It is up to you to nurture your spiritual growth. My job here, our job here is to stir it up, as, to, as Paul said to, to Timothy, that our job here is to, to, to point you to his word, to give you some of the tools for spiritual growth, to introduce you to groups that will help in your growth. To introduce you to starting point, which is beginning, and you still have time to get into starting point, you can check it out online. It's an amazing thing if you're a young Christian or searching or maybe kind of returning to the faith. It's amazing. Our job here is to give you opportunities to do that, but it is up to you to nurture your spiritual growth. Colossians 2, 6 and 7. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord. The Apostle Paul says, so walk in him. So walk in him. This is where that spiritual walk, that spiritual life comes from. And he says in verse 7, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. I love that. I love that. He says, Since, uh, therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so also walk in him. And he says this in verse 7, rooted, he says rooted as if you are already rooted, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. But here's the key. Here's the key. We can't be rooted in Christ Jesus and then just hope that we will have an abundant life. And just leave it to chance that we might grow in our faith walk. That we might have some of the tools for real life because of our walk with him. We can't just leave it to chance. I love the message version of this passage. I'm going to use the message version today because I think it just says it so well. He says, my counsel for you is simple and straightforward. Just go ahead with what you've been given you received Christ Jesus, the master, now live him. Oh, man, I love that. Love that. Now live him. It's as simple as that. You're deeply rooted in him. You're well constructed upon him. You know your way around the faith. Now do what you've been taught. I love this part. School's out. Quit studying the subject and start living it. Love that. And let your living spill over into thanksgiving. I was recently with someone in some new construction, new construction area, and um, there was a, a tree that had been freshly planted uh, there right in the middle of the new construction. I don't know, it was some kind of oak tree or maple tree, relatively like, you know, medium-sized tree, I guess. And uh, whoever planted it, um, it looked like they had finished the job. They didn't really finish the job. In fact, the, the, the root ball it was still like way out of the ground. 
it looked like I had done it, honestly, to be honest with you, like with a shovel, me and Sean. You know, it looked like we had just kind of gone out there with a shovel and did our best, which is kind of what our yard looks like right now, to be honest with you. It's been a busy season. And man, I got to tell you, that's a picture of some of us in Christ. We just are rooted in him, and then we just leave it right there, leave it to chance. We don't nurture it. We don't water it. We don't fertilize it. We're just leaving our spiritual lives to chance. And when we leave our spiritual lives to chance, in essence, what we're saying is we're going to leave this life to chance, the rest of our lives to chance. Unintentional, meandering, satisfied with the status quo. Some of you are going to go home today and watch the Masters how many of you here in the house are going to watch the Masters today? All right, all right, all right. I'll be joining you. It's like all the guys. All right, like, <laughs> they're like, yeah, I'm going to go and watch the Masters. I got a buddy whose birthday is around this time of year, and he says to his family, my birthday present every year is everybody leaves me alone on Saturday and Sunday for Augusta, all right? I get to sit in the lazy boy, leave me alone. That's his birthday present. It's funny. And we'll watch that, and we'll, we'll be amazed at the beauty. It's incredible, isn't it? It's incredible. Those azaleas are beautiful. The Isaiahs in my yard don't look like that. Why don't my Isaiahs look like that? I've got an Azalea bush that I planted last year. It's got three flowers on it. They have these, these you know, massive Azaleas that are just blooming full. Do you know what they do if it gets too warm in the spring in Augusta? If it gets too warm in the spring in Augusta, they bring ice and they put ice around the roots because they want to make sure that it's ready for TV. They want to make sure that it's ready for the masters. They take such great care of those Isaiahs because they know how incredibly important it is to their brand, all right? Listen, this is not just your brand. This is your life in Christ. It's so vital and it's important. And it needs nurturing. It needs nurturing. We've got to nurture our spiritual growth. Then we have to trust the growth process that we are rooted in Christ. And then we have to get to work. We have to live, right? So the first word that I want you to remember is nurture. The second word that I want you to remember is determine. Determine that you won't be swayed away from Jesus. I see it all the time. Christ followers who are young in their faith and old in their faith are swayed by the world. They're swayed by new philosophies. They're swayed by new political approaches. They're swayed by a new, you know, religion that sounds like it's of Jesus, but it's not. And church, we as Christ followers, those of us who are Christ followers, we have to determine that we won't be swayed by the obvious or by the subtle or by the powerful or by the philosophies that are built on hype. We have to be careful not to be swayed in our faith walk. Paul goes on in verses 8 through 10. He says this, see to it that no one takes you captive. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit. According to human tradition, according to human tradition, 
according to the elemental spirits of the world and not according to Christ. He says, for in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily and you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. And Paul essentially is saying here that so many people are taken by things that sound good, but they're not of Christ. They're not of Christ. We get taken by it so often. We get taken by it so often. Sometimes it's very subtle and deceptive, and it's just a twist on what God says, but it's values and a way of living that's not consistent with him. I love the message in Colossians 2, 8 through 10. Watch out for people who try to dazzle you with big words and intellectual double talk. And just watch the news for a second, and that's all I'll say about that, all right? They want to drag you off into endless arguments that never amount to anything. They spread their ideas through the empty traditions of human beings and empty superstition of spirit beings. That's not the way of Christ, he says. That's not the way of Christ. Everything of God gets expressed in him. So you can see and hear him clearly. You don't need a telescope, a microscope, or a horoscope. I love that. To realize the fullness of Christ and the emptiness of the universe without him. When you come to him, that fullness comes together for you. His power extends over everything. Christ follower, don't be swayed. Determined that you won't be swayed by the craftiness and cunningness of the world. And the simple things that the world does to try to twist a way of living or a way of thinking or an attitude or an action that's not of Christ. I know the world thinks that we're sometimes intolerant, but I got to tell you, the part of the reason that we may, the world may think that is, is because Christ followers need to be solely rooted in Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus is all. He is everything. He is everything. He's everything. And any kind of philosophy that comes from us, that comes from within, that comes from humanism, humanism and humans, that is not of Christ. Anything from anywhere that's not of Christ is something that can easily sway us. Whether it's a lifestyle or an action or an attitude, we have to know the things of Christ. And that means getting into his word and reading his word. And I want to encourage you on that. I want to encourage you on that. Counter, people who are in the counterfeit uh, recognition business, they know counterfeit money, not because they've studied the counterfeit money. They know counterfeit money because they've studied the real thing. Someone who, who you know, investigates this, they understand immediately they can spot it a mile away with a touch or with just a glance because they have studied the real thing. And Christ follower, I want you, you to hear today, whether you're here in the house or, or watching or back on the backstage patio, that he has given us the game plan for living. He's given us the real thing in his word. 
And our job is not to know all the counterfeit stuff. I love how Christians so often get caught up in all the different cults and, you know, uh, you know uh, all the different cults and religions of the world. And sometimes we know them better than we know God's word. Our job is to just immerse ourselves in his word. Immerse ourselves in the real thing. Of over 2 billion Christians in the world, less than 30% will ever read a recent study said through the Bible in their life. Less than 30%. Matter of fact, over 82% of Christians, American Christians, only read their Bibles on Sunday while in church. And we have it at our fingertips. We have it at our fingertips. And my encouragement to you is to study God's word. Whether it's good old-fashioned Bible and paper and large print. I'm right there with you nowadays, all right? As I'm, like, you know, heading towards 50. Oh, man, that gives me... Anyway, I don't want to talk about that. But I want to encourage you to get in to God's word. To know the real thing. The unintentional spiritual life produces confusion and vulnerability and atrophy. And so nurture your spiritual life. Determine, determine, determine that you are not going to be swayed by the things of the world. And then lastly, the last word is the word abundance. Live your life with an attitude of abundance. Abundance is an attitude before it's anything. Live your life with an attitude of abundance. With the thought in mind that the power that raised Jesus from the dead is the power that I have to live my life. That's an abundant way to think. That is not a scarcity attitude. That's an abundant attitude. The Apostle Paul is about ready to dive into an interesting topic, circumcision. Just what you wanted to come here for on Sunday morning is to hear about circumcision. But here's the thing. Paul understood that these new Christians in this new religion that Jesus came in, and it wasn't a religion, it was a relationship. In fact, that's the whole point. He understood that the problem was is that we always go back to the old way. In our house, we call it run home to mama. We run home to mama. When we're stuck, when we're confused, when we're disturbed, when we're bothered, when we're in trouble, we go back to the old way of living. And Paul knew that the churches, in particular this church, would struggle with going back to the old way of living, which was, get this, which was living according to 613 Old Testament laws. 613 Old Testament laws. There's going to be a list that will be passed out as you leave today of those laws. I'm kidding. But can you imagine trying to obey all of them? I mean, I have trouble driving down the road, especially this time of year here, and not disobey the few laws that we have in driving. 
And the old way of living was to live according to 613 old laws. And so a lot of the new Christians of the first century were using food and circumcision and all kind of um, rules that they had to brag about their spiritual life. Their abundance was not Jesus. It was how good they were. How well they kept the law. So much so that they were saying that if you are, want to become re- religious, and guys, if you're not circumcised, that you needed to be circumcised because that's what the law said. I'm not going to go into that, and I'm the, sure the surprise that they had of that, but Paul deals with it. And he's not talking about this. He's talking about a bigger picture thing because he's talking about the power that we have in Christ. Check this out, verses 11 through 15. In him also, in him talking about Jesus, you were circumcised. Some of the guys were thinking back then in the first century. With a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Essentially, he's saying that he did it on the cross. Verse 12, check this out. Some of you are worried right now that I'm going to go into detail. Verse 12, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. And you who were dead in trespasses, that's a fancy word for sin, and the uncircumcision of the the flesh, uh, God made alive. Together with him, having forgiven us all of our trespasses. By canceling the record of debt. Praise Jesus for that. By canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them open to shame. By triumphing over them in him. The message version says this, entering into the fullness is not something you figure out or achieve. It's not a matter of being circumcised or keeping a long list of laws. No, you're already in. Insiders, not through some secretive uh, initiation, right? But rather through what Christ has already gone through for you. He's already done it, destroying the power of sin. If it's an initiation ritual you're after, you've already been through it by submitting to baptism. That's why baptism is so important because it's the new symbol of the new life in Christ. So I want to encourage you, if you've never followed Believer's Baptism, to do it right now, um, coming up in April on April 25th. Going under the water was a burial of your old life. Coming up out of it was a resurrection. God raising you from the dead as he did Christ. When you were stuck in your old sin-dead life, you were incapable of responding to God. God brought you alive right along with Christ. Think of it, he says. All sins are forgiven. The slate wiped clean. That old arrest warrant canceled and nailed to Christ's cross. He stripped away all the spiritual tyrants in the universe of their sham authority at the cross and marched them naked through the streets. I love how Eugene Peterson put it in the message. Love that. But so many of us are living like we're spiritually dead. So many of us are living like we're spiritually stuck in the old way, trying to abide by a list of rules that we have no hope of ever living up to perfectly. 
rather than, listen, rather than realizing that that was completed with Jesus' death on the cross. And that now we can walk in newness of life and in the power of God to live for him. To walk in freedom. Not freedom to go back to the old way of sinning and trying to measure up to the law, but the new way of living for him. Using that power to give him glory. Not to impress him or someone else, but living for him. See, the problem is, is that we view our spiritual lives when we come to faith in him sometimes. We view that as the end. We view it as the finish line. Listen, Christ follower, let's church, Hilton Head Island Community Church, let's flip the script. Let's view our life with Christ, that moment that we put our faith in him, let's view that as the starting line rather than the finish line. God has so much for you. He has so much for me. He has so much for us as a church. Let's view that moment when we were saved as the starting line. And for however many years we have on this side of heaven, whether it's just an hour or a day, or whether it's decades and decades and decades, let's view it as our time to live in the power of the resurrection. Living for him. If you're stuck, if you're stagnant, you feel like spiritually, man, you've been dead. I've been there. I get it. I want you to know there's, there's really no plateau in the Christian life. There's no such thing as stagnant growth. We were in Africa a couple years ago, back in 2018, friend Steve down here, one of our elders, and I went to Africa to, to visit No Hungry Children and Mana Ministries, our partners there in Nairobi, and I was so incredibly impressed with those Christ followers because they were talking about spiritually, how spiritually you're either, you either are alive or you're dead. It's one or the other. And so my encouragement to you today is to choose to walk in newness of life. Realize that you by yourself don't have the capacity for it, but with Christ, you have the power of the resurrection. It's time to choose to live in abundance. Just like you chose to believe in Jesus to be your Savior, you can choose to live in power with Him. I was talking with somebody the other day, and they said to me, you know, I think it's, it's like a partnership with God. And I love that. Because we don't do anything to create the power. That's his job that he's already done on the cross. Our job is to plug in to the source. Christ follower, are you plugged in to the source? Are you meeting with him day by day? Are you talking with him moment by moment? If not, it's time to start living in abundance. John 10.10 says that thief comes only to kill and to steal and to destroy. And Jesus says, I have come 
that they, and they means you, and it means me, to have life and to have it abundantly. But let's walk in that abundant life, church. The abundant life is a choice, so choose it. Choose it now. Choose it in the moment. Choose it in the next moment. Choose it in every moment. And choose it every day. We pray with me this morning. Father, I pray for those who are gathered here, who are listening to the sound of my voice, maybe watching online, back on the backstage patio, those who are in this room. And Father, their life in Christ, it began when they chose to believe in him for salvation. God, I thank you for those 26 people who indicated that they accepted you as their savior. God, I pray that you would spur them on to follow now in believer's baptism. God, I pray that you would spur us on, though, in our lives when we get stale or maybe we get stagnant or, or maybe we become a bit complacent in our walk with you. Maybe the busyness of life and the activity of life or maybe the darkness of the last year has gotten to us. And Father, I pray that you would allow us to understand how important it is if we're going to stop just existing and move to living spiritually, truly living in abundance spiritually, help us to realize how important it is to nurture our own spiritual growth. God, how important it is to be determined to not be swayed by the things of this world and how incredibly important it is to choose to walk in abundance. Help us, Father God, to do that in our lives. Every moment, every hour, every day, may we choose you, God. I pray that you would help people of Hilton Head Island Community Church and those who are listening in today to choose to wake up tomorrow and meet with you, to talk to you, to read your word, to access the power that you give us. God, I thank you for all that you did on the cross. Help us now to live in abundance with you. Truly live as if we are, because we have been raised to life. Thank you so much for that. And I pray this all in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen, amen.